0: Hi, I'm Chuck and uh, and welcome to Biker Life Radio we're so truly grateful and thankful that you've joined us today we've got a fantastic show lined up just for you
1: Biker Life Radio is for those who ride and those who inspire to ride we're here to reveal the truth behind the motorcycle mystique and bring the real life stories of the biker lifestyle. All
0: right, so we're going to call this the Deb Show from now on because you're taking over, right?
1: No, Rider just, Coach Deb. Maybe today I'll take on. today. I can't hear you. Uh, I don't know why.
0: Is it just because some buttons aren't pushed?
1: Yeah, and I. Yeah. Oh, okay. is that better?
0: Yeah, I can hear you now. You can
1: hear me now. That's a good thing. Yeah.
0: Okay, Rider Coach Deb. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what else we can mess up this week. What do you think?
1: <laughs> no, I'm done. Is that two or three for the week? I don't know. It's I'm too done. many. It is too many. So one is too many. Yes, a I totally agree. Totally agree. Well, I wanted to uh, talk today a little bit about something. Uh, we had a, a, one of our listeners reach out to us and send me an article, but I've done some other reading, and it's just something that's popped into my mind is. As I think about, you know, how it was when I first got started writing, which was quite a while ago, and, you know, how did I get to become a better writer? And I don't know that for me, I put a logical thought process to it. But, you know, there may be new riders or people that are just getting their license out there or endorsement and want to know how to become a better rider. And I thought that that might be a really great topic for us to talk about today.
0: Well, I think it's a great topic, and it not only applies to people who are just beginning to ride, but also those who have been riding for a while because all of us have to uh, continue to improve on our skills. I would imagine there's things that we can always continue to improve on, but I'm sure there's some people out there that don't need to... uh, improve whatsoever because they've been doing it so long and they've learned a lot quicker than I probably could.
1: Well, there could, but I, you know, for me, it's, there's also a little bit about this, um, whether you've been taught by an actual tending a course, or if you're taught by a friend, family member, things like that. I think that the learning process can be very different and the skills and habits that you use to ride with on a daily basis can be very different. So, you know, we oftentimes have lots of conversation after we go out for a ride. And I love that. And I I oftentimes share that with my class because I think that's how you continue to become a better and better rider. Because writing is not something that just you think about or learn to do with one, you know, with a hand or a foot, it's all of those different parts working at the same time, all of our hands are working differently, our feet are working differently, and then we have to be observant and aware enough of our surroundings, watching the road, watching everything else that's going on around us in order to have a successful ride. So there's a lot of what we call moving parts that are going on all at once, and it's, sometimes it takes a little while to adapt and figure out what all those parts do and how they all work together.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, it's hard for me to think back to when I first started riding because I actually started on uh, a mini bike for fun, you know, got to ride somebody else's mini bike and fell in love with it. And then uh, as I got into my teen years, I got a uh, dirt bike. So I basically taught myself on a dirt bike and carried all those bad habits over to me as I ride today. Not necessarily. I think they're <laughs> actually good. Um, But, you know, nobody really ever taught me to ride. I never took a class. Uh, I just got on it and went out there and rode and figured it out and probably did develop some bad habits. And I think, Deb, you've had that happen to people that come in your class. They have got some habits that they, uh, whether they be a dirt bike rider, or or one of the things that you've run across recently is if they ride scooters, uh, it's a little bit different, yes. right?
1: Yes, yes. And I I recently had that situation happen. So I'm glad that you brought that up. You know, at, we oftentimes have either one, a spouse or a significant others tried to help coach someone along the way. And, you know, I've had some that coach by the book and are wonderful. And then I have others that have just shown the dirt, dirty down and how to make it happen. And then they get out there on the course and all of a sudden they've got these habits that you don't only need to learn something new, you have to erase the old first. So there sometimes is a little bit of a challenge there, but once I help try and explain why, there's a recommendation to do it a certain way or why I see something that I see and how they can probably improve it. Oftentimes, they're more receptive to how to do that differently and are willing to give it a try.
0: Well, you know, and when they're just starting off, they've got a lot to learn. And I'd imagine that, you know, especially when you're coming in and you've got these bad habits, it, does it have to relate to muscle memory, memory and all that stuff? Uh, what, how does that play a part or does it?
1: Well, the bad habits do. They connect to the muscle memory because you just get on and you ride after, you know, you've done it for so long. You just do whatever it is you do. But even as we were out traveling and, you know, I saw the riders on the road, oftentimes based on our, wherever we were territory wise, you know, I would look at those riders and think to myself, you know, how experienced did you need to be to do that ride? And oftentimes, you know, some of the mountain passes that we covered I thought for sure there had to have been quite a bit of experience before someone got on the motorcycle and did those twisties and turns and all of that steep climbing and, you know, with the trucks and all that kind of stuff that was going on, you had to have some level of not just comfort, but skill as well. And, you know, that was one of the things I think that brought me to this topic in addition to, you know, bring being brought to my attention is that, you know, again, as a new rider or someone that's just maybe ridden locally do you really have an interest in doing long distance riding? Because that takes a whole nother story and a lot of planning, a lot of preparation. But in addition to that, I think it takes a lot more skill and abilities to be able to do that. You don't just go from just getting your license to riding for days on, in treacherous territory.
0: Yeah, it's not going to you happen. You're not going <laughs> to, it's like, uh, you know, it's, I don't know what I'm trying to relate it to, but it's, it's, it's trying to build a muscle and uh, you're not using any weights to do it. So it's right. just not going to happen. You've got to, you've got to exercise, you've got to practice in order to continue to get mm-hmm. better and to continue to improve. And also uh, one of the things that I think that you need to go along with what you were saying, Deb, is not only the skill, but you got to have the confidence. Mm-hmm. You got to have the confidence uh, to ride. I, for me that, and that's not a cocky kind of thing or anything like that. No. There's a, uh, a confidence in your riding. There's a I hate to use the word even comfort because we, you know, we don't mm-hmm. want to get too comfortable on the motorcycle, though I can get real comfortable on mine <laughs> and actually enjoy that. So, but we have to be alert. We have to you know, not get too comfortable to where we space out so much. And then uh, you talk about these long rides that people need to go on. There's endurance factor. There's an endurance factor that goes into that. And of course, while I was on my ride across the country, I found out. You know how out of shape I really was, and many things I didn't prepare for, uh, particularly for the heat. My my, I wasn't ready, and I knew I wasn't ready before I went, didn't
1: I? You, I mean, you I did. talked to you
0: about it. I knew that the heat was going to be was going to uh, be the biggest to, challenge for you to
1: conquer. Right, absolutely. But and, we did. You did a lot of preparation, though, trying to be sure and be prepared. You had. Lots of water. You had lots of rehydration fluids um, that you had packed as well. There was, you know, there was a lot of thought process I think to get you through that to that next level day by day. But it still wasn't even enough. And how could you have known that other than experiencing it?
0: Yeah, and you know, when you're thinking about riding eight hours or longer a day does take some serious endurance. And it does take the confidence to get out there. And when you're talking about people going on, Mm their twisties or whatever, you got to have some confidence. You got to have skill. There's no doubt about it. You got to have the skill. But if you don't have the skill and you get out there, and don't get me wrong about this either. If you're afraid, there's something different. To me, there's a difference between being afraid and having a uh, a fear of something. Uh, It's different. Um, It's a um. how do I want to put it, a, a fear that, help me out, Deb. I think it's that, a, you know,
1: there's an awareness rather than right. fear. And it's and not it going
0: out there fearful, right? Correct, It's, it's, yeah. it's just you understand the risk. So right. you have, it's not you go out there fearful. You're definitely not afraid. If you're on a bike, uh, in my opinion, and you're afraid to be on it, then, then you need to probably practice a little practice bit more, some more, have some right. more coaching and things like that. Now, you know, of course, you know, we're we're talking a lot about beginner writers but also experienced writers uh, can learn a lot. For myself, I have issues, um, <laughs>
1: What I'm, oh. glad, I'm glad you openly admitted that to everybody. You the, have issues. Well, I, you didn't let me finish. <laughs> okay, oh, finish. everybody's gonna like
0: that now that Deb's <laughs> got a jab in on Chuck. Yeah, everybody likes that. I bet so I'll take care of her afterward. Oh, yeah.
1: Bring it on, buddy.
0: So, anyway, one of the things that I need to work on that I've identified that I need to work on is U turns, and I can do a right U turn, you know, fairly easy. It doesn't even, I don't even think about it. And I'm probably okay with a left U-turn, though I'm not as comfortable with a left U turn. And to me, it's all about my head movements anyway. So if I get my head down and I'm pointing my head to the direction I wanna go in, everything should work out fine. So even with me, I'm able to notice and, and identify these things, Deb, that I can continue to improve on.
1: Sure. And I think that all riders need to be in that place where there's always constantly something that you're aware of that you could probably do a little bit better. And even if you're really, really a good rider with lots of experience, there's probably something that you can do that's a little bit to fine tune, to get sharpened that skill, make it a little bit better. Um, And I'm glad that you brought up the turning because I think as a rider coach, I oftentimes, you know, people will say, oh, a right turn feels better than a left or a left turn feels better than a right. And we do as humans have um, a level of comfort and where we're dominant. And so we all have a side, one or the other, that's that's easier and better. And I think the challenge is, as you want to improve those skills, is to not rely on just that confident comfort level is to challenge yourself to get better at what you're less comfortable with so that you can do and be flexible no matter what the circumstance is. And I know that you know. oftentimes you'll tell me that I really could do better at my quick stopping. And so that's mm-hmm. something that I've been very, very conscious of to continue to work on. And I think for me, it's been the fear of the front brake a little bit. Really? Rider yes. coach Deb. Yes. Still fearing the front brake. Well, fearing too much pressure. So I'm I'm very gentle. I'm very cautious. And again, obviously, as a rider coach, I ride several different motorcycles. And so for me, it's you know I, I, in a class environment, I don't get comfortable on any one motorcycle because I because of the students, I try and ride all of their motorcycles so that if they're having a difficulty with uh, shifting or a clutch. I felt it myself and I know where maybe that's coming from. So I try to be aware of that in the class environment, which I think changes maybe sometimes how I ride. But if I ride my motorcycle for an extended period of time, I begin to feel that comfort level coming back.
0: Well, what, uh, what, what do you do when you, when you brake? You, you know, for me, if, for instance, I try to use everything. I'm, I'll just throw it out there. I use my front brake. I'll use my back brake. And a lot of times I look at uh, quick stops as a challenge. I like it. Uh, because yeah. I want to stop on that dime, and so I use everything. I'll downshift. I'll do everything in order to to make sure I stop right on that line. And so I always challenge myself to do it, uh, just because that's what I like to do. It gives me some fun while I'm riding something a little change now and then. Right. Uh, but I use everything. What about you?
1: Yeah, I use both brakes. And that's what's strongly recommended through the Motorcycle Safety Foundation is using both brakes. But I think what people tend to forget about is that your front brake tends to carry 70% of your stopping power. So the idea is, is that that there is a finesse, and I'll use that word very carefully, because, you know, it's a, it's a, a gradual pressure. But it's not too much pressure so because you know i think that all the stories of flipping over the handlebars or putting too much front brake here or there you know people tend to have an idea of either one they don't use the front brake whatsoever or they don't use the rear brake and that's oftentimes what i see when people come into class that have been taught by someone else is that those are the things that are passed down don't use your front brake whatsoever and i well what's the reason for that and they, oh, you don't want to flip it well The front brake is there to be used as a tool to brake so let that be what slows you down not necessarily anything else so use the tools that the motorcycle was designed with to work the way they're designed so if you've got a front and a rear brake there's a reason for both of them and use them in conjunction with one another because what that does is it gives you better stopping power on the quick stops for sure
0: Well, one of the things I like about what you said earlier was you talked about sharpening the skills and you know I always thought you know there could be somebody out there Uh, That knows everything. They don't need to learn anything. But the way that you put it, sharpen your skills. I like that because you can sharpen your skills. You can get better Mm -hmm. at it. You can have a sharper knife, if you will. And when you bring up these, the breaking, one of the, the other things that I need to work on is I have a tendency to break into turns. Now I guess that's probably not a good thing, is that right, Rider Coach Deb?
1: Well, the concept is is that you slow, look, press, and roll, and so you slow before you get into the turn, so that you're not actually using any that's break no fun, in the but turn. But so then you slow and you're looking through the turn, and as you're you know going through it, obviously the part that I love about curves and turns is that you then begin to accelerate yeah. through it and pull you on through, and I love that part of it. But it does take uh, you know some training and development in order to figure that process out. So it's like. You've got to go into the corner or in the turn in a comfortable speed for you. And we all have a different comfort level for that.
0: And it's not just about going into the curve. It's about I use my brake in the turn. Oh, So, and from (laughs) what I understand about the brake is that if I'm using it, it could actually straighten me up. And that's not what you want to do in a turn. Now, I could be wrong about that, but um, I felt it sometimes my bike's talking to me. And that's why I know I need to, probably not being using my front brake in turns as much as I have. And of course, I'm very gentle with it, unlike other things in my life. <laughs> um, I am typically gentle with the brake when I do go through turns, but there there have been times where I applied a little bit more pressure than I, I wanted to at okay. first.
1: And then how do you recover from that? Because that's an well, important part too.
0: I just let off just the brake. Just ease
1: off a little bit, sure. Yeah.
0: So that's, I mean, what else are you going to do? I'm going to squeeze it tighter. I don't think so.
1: Well, I know, I but the, you, could, you could, you know, the, the other reaction is let completely off. And then all of a sudden you're not at the right speed or comfort level then either. So if you just ease back off and again, there's that finesse and that, you know, knowing your motorcycle. And I think that, for what, you know, you're talking about, you have ridden your motorcycle for a long time. I mean, years you've ridden the same motorcycle. It's, so it's not as though you're constantly getting on a new motorcycle or have one every couple of years. And so you're really comfort comfortable with the controls and you know how they're set. And even when there's a tune-up involved, you know kind of the settings that work best for you.
0: Yeah, that's true. And I guess we probably all in some way, I shouldn't say all, I can only speak for myself, is that I have bad habits that need to be sharpened, as you talked about. And I can only imagine, Deb, that uh, the people uh, that you get on the course, uh, when they come to your class, they come from a wide variety like me, probably get some dirt bike people in there. And lately, you've actually told me about people who have been coming in on scooters, and how they actually have to change some of the habits they have. You've got the habits that the, the dirt bikers have, right. and then you've got the scooters. And uh, so you want to share anything about that?
1: I, I'd love to, because yeah, scooters have been something a little bit newer to me in a class environment. But So dirt bike riders, one of the couple of things that I notice on a dirt bike rider is they'll actually squeeze their brake with two fingers that's kind of a a quick control for a dirt bike rider and so again if someone tells me they have that experience i'm looking for certain things a scooter rider though what i learned about scooter riders is their rear brake is where their clutches and so their left hand that they're used to squeezing for a brake, they now need to engage fully for a clutch. And there's a totally different mechanism there. And so, of course, now they have the rear brake pedal on the bottom of the motorcycle that they have to adjust to too. So there have been some adjustments um, during the class. But again, understanding that as a coach, I can help guide maybe a way or a tip or technique that might be able to make it a little easier for them. That's all I want to do. So let's test your observation skills. Okay. What do I do? Um, I think you do tend to do two or three fingers on there. And again, the challenge with that is not that I'm scaring anyone, but if you have two fingers, first of all, you have the most control of that front hand, handbrake and control of your handlebars if your hands are completely over. So the idea is, is that it's around the throttle and then you squeeze the brake with your full hand and fingers, and that's the best control. So that's one technique, but also, if you're using your brake with those two fingers and it does happen to go down, which we do lay our motorcycles down from time to time, and if the that brake is ca- catching those two fingers underneath it now, what could that possibly be? Is an extra injury that you didn't really want to have. So, just a couple of thoughts through that process of breaking and I, just making. It I don't easier. like
0: laying the bike down from time to time. Let's just try not to do that. I try not thing. to do
1: that too, but I have done it. So, and at, at really? very. <laughs> when?
0: yeah, when we remember that, that's not like riding and laying no. laying it down. That's La- falling. That's dropping well, the bike. Well, I know, or but if you
1: yeah, I've had two situations where it's gone down, and then that's just the way it is. You slipped One, on
0: some leaves when you're getting I off. I slipped bike. on
1: some leaves getting off. Actually it was after a full day of riding and we were nutrition deprived and uh probably hydration deprived at that time and so it was you know a lot of that fatigue from riding and then the second one i was just bringing a motorcycle out of the driveway and we've got a little divot into the road and i wasn't i had my handlebars turned probably at that time if i can think about it right and all it takes is a slight turn of that handlebar and all of a sudden the way it that motorcycle into where starts the to handlebar shift. was turned yep imagine yep. that
0: yeah Imagine that's what happens.
1: Yeah. So, you know, writers that want to improve skills, I think there are a couple of ways that you can do that. And one, I know that you had mentioned, Chuck, is that you, you haven't mentioned it yet, but I know we've talked about it, is you took an advanced rider's course. Right. I and did. yep. What'd you think about that?
0: I, I enjoyed it. Um, you know, I get made fun of quite a bit and some jokes and pranks were played on me, but I guess that's to be expected with a bunch of biker friends that you know. And uh, I took my own bike, I probably wouldn't do that again, because I, you know, it was really hot out, and uh, was sort of wearing on my bike, but you know, with my apes and everything, and uh, I enjoyed <laughs> it. I got a lot out of it. Um, it was, and it was good to be in a class where you knew the other people that were taking it together. So that's something that I would highly recommend. That if you're going to take it, take it in a group of people that you're familiar with, so that you can make it fun, get right. competitive, run each other over, do whatever you know.
1: No. No, 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 I mean I
0: didn't say that, but no, you know, you you know when you go it. crisscross, you know, don't follow yeah. the rules and get the coach upset if you can.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, and, no, I, I and, I, <laughs> and I've taken the advanced writer's course as well myself, and I thought it was very, very informative. But what, you know, what I want to let people know is that oftentimes you think you're going to go to this course and you're going to do all these, like, really fancy moves. But I think one of the things that is most Relied on that, people don't realize are those slow speed maneuvers right. and really working that motorcycle in tight positions at mm-hmm. slow speeds where you've got a lot of throttle and clutch control.
0: Yeah, and actually that's a very good point. I mean, as beginners, you might not think about it, or you maybe you know maybe that's one of your biggest fear points is the bike being so slow and how are you going to keep it up and balance it mm-hmm. and uh, keep it moving. But that's you know that again, uh, for me, I turn it into a challenge, or sort of like a game. I like to go slow and hold up the bike if I can. I'll go as slow as I can, you know, like pulling up behind a car because I don't want to get too close to them. And I'll just put the clutch in, you know, brake a little bit, not put my feet down just to, because I just like to, to play around a little yeah. bit. It's just, uh, you know, sharpening my skill.
1: Yes, I like that. So that, there's a couple ways. You can attend a course. Um, you also can, there's, uh, is it Palladino? Uh, Joe Palladino? Jimmy Palladino, Joe Palladino, something. Yeah. We're going to mess it all up. But Sorry I know he does that. the Ride Like a Pro. Right. And uh, so there's another course. That's a very, very, I think it's a very extremely advanced course. But and it's really.
0: Paul, Paulie took that and he uh, he did real good and got a lot out of it, I think.
1: Enjoyed it yeah. a lot. And we know we've had friends that have bought the DVDs and watched them. Right. And so, you know, a lot of that, I think, is becoming Like you said, one with your motorcycle, really understanding the the dynamics of the machine underneath you and how you as the rider can, can manipulate and control the machine to go and work the way you want it to work. And, you know, people don't realize that. They think it's going to be this something that takes out a control on them. And I realize, you know, that you as the rider have all the control all the way around. So that's a couple of ways. You can ride with friends. You can ride with other people that maybe are a little bit better and have ridden for a little bit longer. If you're a newer rider, it's a way to sharpen some skills. Um, Go to an event. We've actually watched a lot of uh, different events at motorcycle events. I'm saying events, but you know what I'm talking about, rallies rallies, and bike rallies and bike events. And a lot of times they'll have actually the pros out there doing some sort of a bike demo for you and there's a way to learn writing yeah. from that yeah absolutely.
0: you can also you uh learn by people who are writing on youtube and facebook that do pop willies and drag their feet <laughs> and their knees and things like that but we don't recommend that
1: yeah i would you don't want to learn
0: that way right away but those guys are highly skilled they had to sharpen their skills i got one out there that's that's up on uh, biker life radio right now on facebook that uh, this guy has oh. some some crazy things Lazy on it stuff. but uh You know, it it definitely looks like he knows what he's doing. So,
1: but he had to have fallen before he. I can only imagine. You know, got that good. It was all I think thought yeah. of. So yeah, but you want to continue to sharpen your skills. I think it's something that as all riders, we can always continue to work on something for us. And I know I'm, as a rider coach, you know, I share this with my class. I am constantly working on my quick stops and my swerving because in, in a time of emergency, those are some of the techniques that you need, need to use most. And there's that muscle memory coming back again, is that you'll want to, have the reaction of that spontaneous and happen because it's been learned and developed over time, not something you have to consciously think about because then you've got delays in the process.
0: Now, you guys probably don't do this in the writer's training course. What's it called? Writing Academy? Writing Academy.
1: Yeah, the basic writer's course. Okay. Uh,
0: You probably don't talk to people about like they did when we learned how to drive a car, like have a way out. Do you bring those kind of things up. We do. Oh, it's you do. Of, it's part of the motorcycle wow. safety foundation. You yeah, there's always an
1: escape path. So you gotta have That's right. You always always gotta have, have an, an escape out. path. And actually, I I like to spend quite a bit of time there. And, and again, it's to me, it's about the thought process because the more you train yourself, with your eyes and your mind as a rider to be looking at these two second, four second and 12 seconds in front of you and then scanning far and wide side to side, always looking for a way out depending upon what's going on. You can be a safer rider and it's all up to you.
0: Very good. And I know that uh, we actually took our daughter out and we trained her uh, and it was a lot of fun trying to train her. Trying, (laughs) I say try. No, we did. Yeah. We uh, trained her. It was a lot of fun doing that. Uh, But I also, I saw, so when I go back and I think of uh, people just getting started. I can't think of it personally, but I can it, relate it to Nicole. When when she first started riding, she wanted to ride mm-hmm. like most people do. They're excited about riding. And so we we took her through different types of training and things we did. We went up the road to a school and to an empty parking lot and did some different type of skills before she actually went and took the course. Right. And she actually passed the course and she did real well. Matter of fact, uh, uh, Go ahead.
1: The writer coach was sharing the, with us that actually one of, the, one of the students too, that she was very encouraging to the other students and helping where she could to you know, help people understand things a little bit differently. So she was, she was a great asset in class, enjoyed it, had a great time, and uh, has her endorsement today. Although yep. she's not out there actively riding, she could pick up a motorcycle at any time and go ride. Yeah, and
0: one of the things that, that I noticed as we were training is there's always that slight bit of fear.
1: Mm, there's hesitation maybe
0: there's this well there's this a a a a correctness of fear i mean you i don't believe that you know i'm comfortable on my bike i don't necessarily have fear i have a respect for the machine that i'm on i understand the risks that are involved um so but as a new person just getting started there's doubt, right? There's right. maybe some fear that's, that's there because you don't know. It's sort of an unexpected thing on right. um, what's going to happen. And, you know, I've never done this before. So there's a lot of different emotions and feelings going into <laughs> it. But I can assure you that once you get past those and once you conquer some of the skills that are necessary, especially through, going through the class that, that Deb has and the classes they have around the nation, um, you will come out more confident yes. and be able to actually take on those and want to try and practice those and that's sort of what i'm getting to is that you know as a new writer. Um, you want to get out there and you want to practice, you know, don't just hit the road. I mean, I I don't, I'm, I probably shouldn't be speaking, Deb, (laughs) but this is my, my opinion is that you want to do more practice before you actually get on the road. And if you get on the road, go out to some back roads, don't go out in the traffic and to where there's a lot of other things that you have to worry about because you want to work on your riding skills. And so, you know, go to places to where you won't be distracted with the traffic so you can learn how to properly ride and then get out there on the street after you've, you've uh, fine-tuned your skills. And that was probably a, something I should have left up to you, but no, that's just my that two was, cents.
1: That was great because, you know, everybody learns at their own pace. And so I think what you're saying is, you know, go to a safe environment where you can learn at your own pace and practice the skills that you may want or need to practice or, you know, just get in a safe environment. So you're not out on the road having to think about all those other distractions. But absolutely, you know, the one thing that I do talk about a lot in my class is the fact that riding is a, a mental game. It's just like any athletic sport. It's about the mind game and it's about what you bring into that mental capacity. So if you bring a lot of fear in without a lot of desire to just overcome that, you know, then that's what you'll experience. So we've got to find a way to get through that. And it's just, you've got control. And I think that's the most important part is that we have control of that machine and understanding its mechanisms that are in control of it makes it all worthwhile. And so it's a great, great, great sport that we absolutely both love and enjoy doing. That's why we have the show. So I just want to do encourage you, if you're in another area, go out Find a class if you want to uh, learn how to ride. If you want to just sharpen your skills, go out and find a class, either with Harley Motorcycle Safety Foundation. I know there's another group, Total Control, that does classes in different parts of the country. And so go out there and find a class that will work good for you. And uh, if you're in the local area, I'd love to have you attend my class, and we can work together. Uh, I teach out of Rossiter's Harley-Davidson, so be sure and look us up.
0: And you got a class coming up soon, don't you?
1: I do, the 13th through the 16th of August. So just another week and a half away. So be sure and uh, sign up, give them a call. I'd love to have a chance to meet you and work with you.
0: Okay, so before we wrap this up, there's a couple of things that I wrote down real quick. And it's about actually having some goals. So, you know, go out and practice different things that you have challenges with, whether you're a beginner or not. Maybe like me, you know, I get you know probably should go out there and do some left U-turns, to make sure I really do have that down. Uh, and then uh, get out there and, and conquer. Conquer your different challenges that you have and overcome one at a time. So as you continue to advance as a rider, you'll have those skills down and be able to use them. Um, so set some goals for yourself so that you can go out there. They don't have to big, be elaborate and that kind of thing. But, you know, it's like Deb talked about in your mind, your mental, your mental game, it's going to go a long way in your mental game. And you say, Hey, I want to go out there and I want to conquer, you know, the figure eight. Right. Right. Deb, yep. you're a big figure eight person, right? You
1: turn, left turn, right, right. You turn left, you turn. Absolutely. So those are, and then those back to back getting in a really tight uh, spot is what we all kind of I focus on a lot, but yes. And if you do another thing along with goal setting, I think that could be helpful is writing them down just like you did, you know, just a second ago is make a note, you know, so that you actually have a document of what you're working on. And then as you're either out there writing, you're focused on working on those. And then as you feel more comfortable, you can actually pick another skill to work on or even another goal to achieve. Maybe it's, you know, planning a ride for six months out with friends that's going to take you, you know, across a couple of state lines. If you've never done a trip like that, take you out for, for several days or even if you're doing local rides maybe it's just a full long days worth of riding so those are all great things that you can challenge yourself with and you can make notes in order to continuously watch your improvements and make note of that too
0: I'm glad you brought that up because that's what I was just going to say uh, watch your improvements because that's what you're able to do you're able to acknowledge your accomplishments That's right. by you know sort of tracking them so you actually it gives you more motivation to take on the next step so for those of you guys just getting started those are some t- tips that might be able to help you out. And we'll tell you a little something I wanted to bring up has maybe nothing to do with this much. But Debs, there's been times that uh, we've gotten on the bike, headed down the road, and things didn't just feel right. And what do we do?
1: Turn around and come right back home. So, you know, with that, my suggestion is to follow that gut instinct. You don't know what you don't know quite yet but whatever is going on inside your gut, just listen to that still small voice that you hear. We've gone to the gas station filled up. We both kind of looked at each other and I'm like, ah, I'm not feeling good. Okay, let's turn around. I'm not willing to take the chance of one of us not being on our game mentally and or knowing or having a feeling that something might not be quite right. Maybe it was something on the motorcycle. I don't know. We never have had something kind of a revelation afterwards, but I know that we made the right decision just by listening to that voice. And
0: we've done it more than once. Um, not a whole bunch of times, but so, so don't take it to an extreme, okay? Right. Especially when you're just getting started out because you're going to have those butterflies. That's <laughs> going to happen. That's going to be natural. You actually want that as you start out because you're going to need that because you need it for protection. You need to make sure you're doing the right things. You need to make sure you're alert. All those good things you right. need to make sure that, that are in place, but don't overreact uh, I'm just sharing this with you because there, there are times that you'll go out and, you know, maybe it's something that happened to us in traffic, or it just didn't seem like the day was playing out right. There was, there was just an overall feel about the whole thing. And, right. and when we both agreed, you know, then we know something's up. So we would just come back home. And unfortunately, we'd sit in the room and cry that we weren't out riding <laughs> like everybody else. But no, sometimes you need to really do uh, go with your gut. And because if you're not in it, like any game, if your mind's not in it, you have the ability to get hurt. You're okay? at a stronger risk of you know,
1: something happening. It's just happening. like playing
0: football. If you're out there and you're doing things half-assed and your mind isn't in the game, well, more than likely, you know, there's a good possibility that you may get injured. So, right. we don't want that for you. So, nope. let's go ahead and wrap things up, Deb. We want to make sure that everybody goes out that's listening to the podcast. If you would, go out to Apple Podcast or Spotify and leave us a review and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss another Chuck and Deb show on Biker Life Radio. You can also find us on Facebook on Biker Life Radio. Deb, you want to add anything?
1: Nope. And be sure and visit us on chuckndebshow.com for all episodes and information. And if you'd like to leave us a topic to talk about, you can also record a message there too.
0: Yep. And we do have a couple of sponsors, Deb. I um, want to go ahead and mention uh, Tony and Guy.
1: Yes. Today's show sponsor is one of them is Tony and Guy Hairdressing Academy out of Colorado Springs, Colorado. And we also want to make sure that you are as safe as possible. And another sponsor is the InView. And so, get again, visit our our website you can get all the information and that's another way that you can be a safer rider all the time in you know, view you want to check
0: that up it's chuckanddebshowcom and forward slash in view lowercase all right well that's it we appreciate you tuning in and we can't wait to talk to you next week everybody take care
1: see you again soon